Well, good morning and Happy New Year to you. Hey, just out of curiosity, how many of you stayed up uh, until midnight to see the new year in? All right, look at whose hands are up. Now, if you didn't stay up, keep an eye on those people. They're going to try to sleep in church this morning, all right? So don't let them do that. Don't let them do that. Uh, it is good to see you. Thank you for starting your new year out uh, with us this morning. It is good to see you. I uh, hope that you had a wonderful holiday season uh, and that uh, you are looking forward to uh, what the Lord has in store for you in the coming year. Uh, as far as announcements go, everything in your bulletin is very important. Please make sure you pick this up uh, and read all about it. Uh, we got a baby shower coming up. I mean, just all kind of good stuff in there. Uh, starting a, a discovery class for those who are interested in, in learning how to join our church and what it means to join our church. Uh, we've got super seniors, discipleship group that we're trying to get started. You name it, it's in here. So make sure you read it. Uh, one thing I do want to emphasize, though, is that after today, after this morning, starting tomorrow morning, that post office out there is going away. Uh, so with that said... Please make sure you have all of your Christmas cards picked up this morning before you leave. Uh, there were still some out there. You've done exceptional this year in picking them up, and I appreciate that. Not nearly as many left now as there usually are. So just please make sure you check that before you leave and make sure that you have all the cards that people have addressed to you. And uh, I appreciate your attention to that. Thank you again for being here. We're going to pray, and then we're going to jump into uh, why we are here on this first Sunday of 2023. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, how good it is to be in this house of worship on this first day of a brand new year. And before we go any farther, Lord, we just want to pause and say thank you for how you took such good care of us in this past year. All the blessings that you provided for us. The times, Lord, when we were in, in the battle uh, and, and in the struggle and you came alongside of us. You gave us strength. You gave us courage. You brought us through. Thank you for that, Lord. We just praise you for every good and perfect gift that you give to us. And, Lord, we're excited about what you have in store for us in this coming year. And we know, Lord, that your plans are good and your plans are perfect. They're always for our benefit and your glory. And, Lord, today we just pray that uh, your perfect will will be carried out through this coming year. We pray for those of our church that are traveling today. We pray for those that are not able to be with us due to health issues. We pray, Lord, that you be with each one of them. Let them know that they are loved and that they are missed. And today, Lord, we give our time together to you. We pray, Father, that you just pour out your presence and your power upon our time together. That, Lord, as we sing together, as we pray together, fellowship with one another, as we study your word, that your presence would be real to us in this place. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for who you are. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to please stand and join us and let's begin our time. 
Good morning. I'd like to wish everybody a happy new year. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you've given us, dear Lord. Dear Lord, uh, as we go into the new year, dear Lord, uh, just uh, wish that you uh, bless each and every one of us, dear Lord, like you always have, dear Lord. Uh, now we come to the time of service as uh, we uh, come and just uh, give a small portion back to you, dear, dear Lord. Uh, for it's in your name we pray. Thank you. Amen. Usually on the last Sunday of each year, uh, we pause to remember uh, the men and women of our church who uh, are members who have gone on to be with the Lord. And since the last Sunday of the year was Christmas for 2022, uh, we wanted to wait and, and do this as its own uh, this morning. So I want to take just a moment to uh, call your attention and remember uh, the five of our church members who went home to be with the Lord during the year 2022. We also ask that as we call the names of these dear loved ones that uh, have gone on, that if, if, if you are family to one of these, if you would stand as we call their name, because we not only want to honor their memory, uh, we also want to be able to pray for you uh, in this time of your loss. So uh, let's begin. On January the 16th of 2022, we said goodbye to Mr. Dale Almond. Thank you guys so much. On January 2nd of 2022, we said goodbye to Mr. Lewis Hartzell. Thank you, guys. On June 28th of 2022, we said goodbye to Mr. Jerry Strickland. On August the 29th of 2022, we said goodbye to Miss Nancy Mulligan. Thank you, guys. And on September 9th, 20, excuse me, September 21st of 2022, we said goodbye to Miss Margaret Lucas. Let's take a moment to pray, 
as we remember these who have gone on to be with the Lord and also as we take a moment to ask for God's strength and courage for their families in this coming year. Sid Martin. Oh, I am so sorry, Marsha. That name was was not given to me. When did Sid pass? The 20th of January, Reverend Sid Martin passed. Thank you, Marsha. I am so sorry that we omitted his name. Please, please accept my apology. Thank you for calling that to my attention there, Penny. Let's take just a moment to, to pray together. Our Father and our God, we thank you for these whose names have been called this morning. Lord, we love them dearly. Each one of them very precious to us very special to us as parts of this church body, as members who served and loved this church. Lord, we miss them dearly. And we thank you for the, the impact and the imprint they left upon our life and how we pray, O oh God, that uh, you would just let them know today as they are in your presence that they're missed and that they are still held within our hearts and that we love them. Lord, we pray for their families. We know that this has been a trying year, a difficult year, with all of the first that come along with having to say goodbye. And Lord, we pray that you give them courage, you give them strength as they go through the year 2023. That, Lord, they find in you the comfort that only you can give. And that, Lord, they hold their loved ones close within their heart. And that each time, Father, that they find themselves longing to see their face or hear their voice, that you just flood their hearts with those wonderful memories of times that they shared with them. And that for that moment, Lord, they're close to them once again. Lord, we thank you for these who have served so faithfully in your body. We pray, God, that you be with us in this coming year. And that you give us strength to face whatever we may have to come uh, face to face with. And that, Lord, in all things, you will be glorified. And we pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together. Sing together as we prepare our hearts and minds to receive today's message.
thank you so much for your singing. I appreciate that. And Miss Marsh, I feel so bad now. I don't know what to do. I am so sorry. Um, Preacher Sid is such an amazing, amazing man and uh, served the Lord so faithfully throughout his ministry and uh, to to leave his name out just uh, it breaks my heart. I'm I am so sorry. I do want to mention to you that um, next Sunday uh, I don't know if we want to dim those lights or not. We got too many people to stay up till midnight last night. <laughs> you might need to make them brighter than they've ever been before. Maybe that. Can I get a, a mirror or something that it reflected off my forehead? And uh, but next Sunday, Lord willing, we'd like to be able to. Um, began a new discipleship group. It's a step one group. And this group is built around just helping those who participate uh, get a a very good basic understanding of what it means to be a disciple, uh, to to understand who you are as a believer in Christ. And uh, if you would like to be a part of that, I, I, I'm trying to remember, I think it's 16 weeks, I think is uh, about how long it takes, and we meet for an hour uh, each week. If you would like to be a part of that starting next week, uh, Brandon and I need to know today, and we would love for you to uh, be a part of that. We've had some great groups that have gone through uh, the step one. We have a one group that has finished step one that will be starting step two next Sunday, and um, and they'll be starting to develop the disciplines of a disciple. So if you would like to be a part of that, please let us know um, before you leave here today. If you have your Bibles, would you join me in the book of Colossians chapter number 2? Colossians chapter number 2, as we are uh, making our way through the book of Colossians, because here in this letter... Uh, to these believers, Paul is helping us to understand and to be able to to differentiate between uh, the real gospel and a false gospel, the true Jesus and the made-up Jesus that so many of the world religions try to follow uh, in days like uh, we are in right now. And Honestly, if we're not careful, we take the name Jesus and we put it on something or on a belief or on a, an understanding, and it has no resemblance to the Jesus of the Bible. So we need to know who is the real Jesus, who is this Jesus that we must place our faith in in order to receive salvation. Who is this Jesus so that we can worship him and serve him? Uh, in spirit and in truth. And so that's what Paul's trying to do in the book of Colossians. Today we're going to look at the first five verses of chapter 2. And today we're going to be looking at three nails. Now I know that sounds like a, an Easter uh, sermon, doesn't it? But it's not. Uh, but just stay with me today as we look at three nails. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 1, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf and for those who are in Laodicea and for all those who have not personally seen my face. 
that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, and whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will deceive you with persuasive argument. For even though I am absent in body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, we humbly come into your presence today to thank you again for the opportunity to worship you. Lord, we know that there are many burdens in this room today, that there are many who entered into this room who have cares that seem to be weighing them down and struggles that they're in the midst of. And how we pray, Lord, that in our time of studying your word, they will find the strength and encouragement that they need today. Lord, we know that there's others that are in this room today that, that may be celebrating. It's been a victorious time in their life. And I pray that, Lord, during our time together today, they will find that opportunity to worship and to honor you as the giver of that great victory. Lord, others are searching, trying to find where they fit and and trying to find their way in a world that's filled with so many mixed messages. And how I pray that today, Lord, they hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the real Jesus, and that they find in that gospel your purpose and your plan for their life today. Guide us in our time together. Open our hearts toward heaven. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to make a confession to you this morning that uh, I am not a carpenter. In fact, I have zero, and if there is a way to go into the negative, I could probably do that, carpentry skills. My wife knows that. She knows she didn't marry a handyman. Her dad was one. Now, my, my father-in-law could fix anything, and he was just, he just had that knack. I mean, he, he could tear it apart and put it back together and, uh, and make it work when other people couldn't, and, 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 but I got, I, I got this from my dad. My dad's not a carpenter either. Uh, we, we take things apart, and then we call the repairmen to put them back together so that they'll work. Anybody here can relate to that? Uh, I mean, some of you are, are just jack-of-all-trades, and some of you are like me. You're, you're a, a master of none. But I am not a carpenter, so I'm going to give you the perspective of a, of a carpenter of a man who has zero carpentry skills today, okay? With that said, have you ever walked down the aisle in Lowe's or Home Depot or the local hardware store where they stock nails? Friend, can I tell you something? Who would have ever thought 
there would be the need for so many different types of nails. You need an engineering degree just to buy the correct nail for whatever building project you're undertaking. Now, just stay with me here. Here's, here's what I have observed. There are different gauges of nails, different lengths of nails, nails with various coatings. There's panel board nails, finishing nails, roofing nails, framing nails, joist nails, masonry nails, sinker nails, flooring nails, drywall nails, and then there's such a thing as called common nails. And that's just to name a few of them. But today I want to talk about a different kind of nail. The kind that Jesus uses to build his church. You see, he made it very clear to his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, that he is the master carpenter and that he will build his church. So as the master carpenter who is building his church, what does he use to fasten it together? So that, as he has said, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. What, what are these things that, these nails that the master carpenter, the real Jesus uses to put together his authentic church so that nothing that Satan does can rip it apart or tear it down. In our passage today, Paul identifies three nails that Jesus uses to build a strong, healthy, vibrant, effective church. So look with me, if you will, at the first nail. We found it in verse 1 and in the beginning of verse number 2. And that is the nail of encouragement. Here's what I mean by that. The purpose of any nail is to bring two pieces of material together so that one piece supports the other piece. Does that make sense? That's why we nail things together, so that they will support one another. It makes both sides stronger. It makes both pieces of material more durable. It makes both of them more useful and sturdy. And since the birth of the New Testament church, God has been using the nail of encouragement to hold his church together through some of the most difficult and horrific times in history. We know that from the very beginning that believers were under attack. We know that because even in Jerusalem, after the birth of the New Testament church, immediately the church came under attack. And immediately believers were being uh, thrown into jail and some of them even put to death for no other reason than because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The church that Jesus birthed into the world immediately came under attack. We know that history tells us that over and over again that, that, that there have been attempts to tear down and do away with the church, the New Testament church that Jesus is building. 
But the first nail that Jesus uses is the nail of encouragement. The Jewish leaders tried to tear it apart. The Roman government tried to tear it apart. False religions have tried to tear the church apart. The unbelieving culture around us tries to tear the church apart. But yet, 2,000 plus years later, the New Testament church still stands. And it stands because of that nail of encouragement. These Colossian believers were under attack. They were being attacked not from from in a government stance, but from internally with false teachers. They were, these false teachers were coming into this body of believers who had accepted Jesus as their Savior, who had been bound together in the, the Holy Spirit of God, and they were trying to pry them apart with false teaching. And we know what Bible, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. It's on the screen for your uh, for you to see that the Bible says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. The church is under attack and Satan wants to do nothing more than to tear apart and tear down the church of the living God and to stop the work of the spread of the gospel. So we must be here for one another to encourage one another as we, as we are serving together and as we're worshiping together and we're working side by side Jesus takes that nail of encouragement and he takes a one believer and another believer and he puts us together and he nails us together with that encouragement so that his church can stand strong. And I'm here to tell you today, that's why you need the church if you're a believer. If you're a child of God, that's why you need the church. You need to be nailed connected to, bonded with other believers because in doing so, it makes you a stronger Christian. It makes you able to withstand the attacks of the enemy who wants nothing more than to destroy your family and to destroy your marriage and to destroy your life and to destroy your health and, and destroy you in any way that he can. You reflect the image of God. The church reflects the bride of Christ and he cannot stand to see us together. And so encouragement is needed. It's so easy to become discouraged when we detach ourselves from the body of Christ and from the, the church, the meeting of that local group of believers. When we isolate ourselves, we become weaker. We become less durable. We, became, we become less able to withstand the storms that life throws at us. Oh, but when we're together... But when we are together and we are encouraged by one another, we're able to endure things that we would never be able to endure otherwise. So that first nail 
is an important nail that Jesus is using to build his church. It's a place of encouragement. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, Paul wrote to those believers, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Can I give you a challenge? Will you, will you take this challenge on as, as you look around and you notice those who used to sit close to you, who used to sit in front of you, behind you, who used to sit beside of you, and they're not there anymore, can I challenge you to go find them? They need encouragement. They need to know that they're important to you. They need to know that they're important to this body. They need to know that they're important to the church of the living God, and that without you and without this church that they they are they are vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy they're weaker alone and that you need them and they need you jesus uses the nail of encouragement to build his church but then there's the second nail that is introduced in the second half of verse number two because he not only says i wish that i can come and encourage you i i haven't got to see you face to face but know you're in my heart and 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 i want to encourage you and i i want to be encouraged by you but then in verse two he says and having been knit together in love i love the imagery that paul uses here he talks about knitting now i don't know anything about knitting either i'm as ignorant about knitting as i am carpentry but i do know this that the intertwining and the weaving of the, the threads together make it sh- the, the cloth stronger. Makes each thread more durable. And makes each thread stronger. And it is that weaving together that, that brings about the whole. It, it, it's not just one thread or, 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 or a few threads. It's many threads woven together that makes the, the whole. So this second nail... Is the nail of unity. The very word, the Greek word that's translated knit in this verse implies two threads that are interlo- interwoven and interlaced and intertwined together. Like the making almost of a rope, if you will, that twisting and, and knitting and interlacing of the threads together. When threads are knit together, they become stronger than they are as individual threads. The nail of unity serves the same purpose in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we allow our lives to be knit together by the Holy Spirit of God, when we allow our lives to become intertwined with one another, then we become stronger as an individual believer. And we become stronger as the body of Christ. We become stronger as the church. The nail of unity is important in building the church. He tells us that the strength of this nail is found in the unity of our love for one another. Now, now there's this old saying that you don't have to like me, but you have to love me. Well, that's pretty much the truth. You see, you see, we may not like everything about each other. There's some things I'm sure you don't like about me. I'm not going to tell you what I don't like about you because there's not any. How's that? But it's easy, isn't it, 
Have you not found that in a marriage, you thought that he or she was sweet enough to eat and then after you married them, you wished you'd ate them? Because that's what it is. We, we, we start seeing each other and learning about each other. And there's things we love about each other. And there's things then that maybe we don't like about each other. But you know what holds that marriage together? It's the unity of love. It's because both, both of these individuals have decided that they're going to love each other in spite of whatever may make them different in spite of whatever may make them uh, unlikable to each other. They're going to love each other. That is the beauty of the church. It's people from different backgrounds with different perspectives and different ideas and different ways of thinking all coming together and bound together in the unity of love. Love for each other, love for the, for the Lord Jesus Christ, love for the church, love for where we're all headed in the, in the same direction, serving the same God filled with the same Spirit, saved by the same Savior headed to the same heaven. That unity of love. If the church is to be anything, it is to be a place where believers are unified together in love. And we're unified in our, our, our love for Jesus. We're unified in our love for each other. We're, we're members of the same body. We're going, we're going to the same heaven. We're part of the same kingdom. We're unified in our, our desire to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and our love for God's word that guides us to all knowledge and guides us to all truth. Unity is the church's greatest weapon, by the way. When the nail of encouragement is driven in on one side and the nail of unity is driven in on the other side, can I tell you something? Satan cannot destroy that church. It cannot be divided. It cannot be brought down. Because the love of Christ and the encouragement of Christ binds us together in such a way that the forces of hell cannot prevail against us. You see, not only is it our greatest weapon against a, whole, a hostile culture, the unity of love is our greatest attraction to a lost world. There's a lot of people who want to know that they're loved who don't feel loved. There's a lot of people who feel like a number. A lot of people just feel like they're just a, another cog in a wheel. A lot of people feel like, well, their life really hasn't, very little meaning, and, and they have very little usefulness except just to be a worker bee. And they need to know that somebody loves them. They need to know that Jesus loves them, that He died for them, but they also need to know that, that you, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, that you love them. And that you want your life fastened to their life in the bond of, of Christian unity because you make them stronger and they make you stronger. Jesus stated very plainly that it would be our love and our unity that would serve as proof to the world that we're disciples. That's what he told the believers there with him. He said, by this, all men shall know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you're unified together in love, people are going to know there's something different about you. 
They're going to want to know what that difference is. And they're going to want to be a part of that difference. He uses the nail of encouragement and the nail of unity so that the enemy cannot tear down a church that is filled with unified believers who love God with all their heart, mind, and strength, and they love each other as themselves, and they encourage one another. Can I tell you something? That church will stand when no other church will stand. That church will endure, and that church will be a light for its dark community and will be a church where people come to know the love of Christ because they love each other. So Jesus uses that nail of encouragement. He uses the nail of unity. But then there's a third nail that's mentioned in our passage. And that is the nail of spiritual maturity. Now, if there's a weak spot in the church, this tends to be it right here. We're okay with encouraging each other. We're we're okay with loving each other. But often where we fail as individuals is in our spiritual growth and spiritual maturity. Man, I'm with you, okay? I'm with you. I wish God had an express lane. Don't you like those express lanes? 20 items or less. Because if he had an express lane, then he could, at the moment that I give my life to him, in the moment that I, I repent of my sins and I surrender my heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ, in that moment, he can just run me through the fast lane, scan me real quick, and I'm a bor- and not only am I a born-again believer, but I am spiritually mature. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? Uh, wouldn't it be cool if there's just some kind of holy spray we could sell out in the, in the foyer where when you're feeling kind of spiritually weak, you just go out there and go, pff, 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 and you're spiritually mature again? Wouldn't that be great? Guess what? No such thing. Because spiritual maturity requires something of us. This nail is a costly nail because it requires time and energy and discipline in order for it to be formed. But this nail is what makes the other two nails more effective. You see, it's not just that we encourage one another and that we are unified in love, but that we are spiritually mature as well. Paul tells us that the treasures of wisdom and knowledge rest in our growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Spiritual maturity, that's, that's a fancy way, just a, a churched up way of saying living like Jesus. Being Christ-like. And by the way, that is God's will and God's plan for every born-again believer. And the more we grow in our spiritual maturity, the stronger our church becomes. Have you ever heard in talking with different people that you know that go to different churches down through the years, the silly things that have brought division into that church? We always talk about the color of carpet. 
or the, or the, the, the color of the roofing tiles. Whether you meet at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, whether you have Sunday school or connect groups or Bible fellowships, some of the silliest things will divide a church. And, and listen, and what's dividing them is not that they don't love each other because most of the time they do. It's not that they won't encourage each other because most of the time they will. What divides them is they're not spiritually mature. Discipleship is costly. Time, energy, effort. But the benefits are immeasurable and invaluable. You see, the strength it brings to the church and to the individual believer can never be underestimated. Because the more like Jesus we are becoming, the more of an encourager we'll become and the more we will love each other in unity. That's why these discipleship opportunities are so vital and important That's why connect groups on Sunday mornings that meet together, yeah, they talk about other stuff. But before it's all said and done, they dig into the Word of God together. And they grow spiritually mature together. That's why these opportunities are so important. That's why it's so hard to grow spiritually mature with a Sunday morning 11 o'clock only faith. It's like eating one meal a day and hoping to become a world-class weightlifter. Or eating one meal a week and hoping to become a marathon runner. The strength just isn't there to do it. We need that discipleship, that growing and spiritual maturity. The more we isolate ourselves from the body of Christ, the less encouraged we are, the less unified we are, and the less mature spiritually we are. But the more we join ourselves to the body of Christ, and we grow in the likeness of Christ, the greater encourager we will become, the more love and unity we will experience, and the more spiritually mature we will grow. These are the nails that Jesus is using to build His church we can try to use other nails but can i tell you something the church is going to fall apart we can try to build it on entertainment but it's going to fall apart we can try to build it on on gimmicks and promotions and all of these other fancy things that like to draw a crowd but can i tell you something it falls apart pretty quick it's only when we We allow Jesus to build his church with his three nails that the church will stand. Down through the years I've been asked, not just here but in other places where I serve, well, how come our church don't do that? Their church over there does that. So, well, that's that church over there. We're not that church over there. We're this church. Can I tell you, Together, knit together in the spirit of Christ with the spirit of encouragement and the unity of love and with men and women growing in their spiritual maturity. 
There will not be a stronger church to be found than that church. So here's how I want to close our time together this morning. Hey, everybody stayed awake. Good job. Can I applaud you this morning? You did good. I looked around. I thought, man, I'm just going to wait to see how many eyes get closed. Nobody closed their eyes. You did good. I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw the one. I'm sorry. I, I'm picking on somebody. I'm sorry. Here's my closing. Jesus is the master carpenter. He is building his church. But the question today is, are you doing your part in building the church? Are you doing your part? What do you mean, Tommy? Is he using you to encourage other believers? Is he using you to unify the church body in love? And are you maturing in your walk with Jesus? Growing stronger in his likeness so that he can make the church more spiritually mature. The same nail that Jesus uses to build his church, he uses to build his believers. In just a moment, we'll stand together, we'll sing together, we'll, we'll end our time here this morning together. But what part of the building process are you being a part of? If you've isolated yourself off in the fringe, then can I tell you something? We want you and we need you to be a part of the encouragement, the unity, and spiritual maturity. We need you. They say a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. I believe that sometimes the church can only be as strong as its weakest member. So I want to challenge you on this first day of 2023. I'm not asking you to make a resolution. Resolutions come and go. Usually by March, they're in the rearview mirror. I'm asking you to make a commitment to the Lord, not to me. You don't owe me anything. I'm not even asking you to make a commitment to the church. I'm asking you, will you make that commitment to the Lord? Lord, use me to be an encourager of the body of Christ that is First Baptist. Use me, Lord, to be a nail of unity of love in this church body. Use me, Lord, to grow spiritually mature so that I can make this body of believers, the strongest body of believer that it could ever be. That's the commitment I'm asking you to make today. Altar's always open. You're welcome to come and pray here if you want to. You're invited to do so. I'll be down front if you want someone to pray with you or pray for you. But today, but today, Determine that you will be a part of making God's church stronger than it's ever been before. Let's pray.
Lord Jesus, thank you that you, you could do all of these things without us. Lord, the truth of the matter is you really don't need us. But the truth also is that you want us. You desire for us to be a part of what you're doing. You want to, you want to use us as individuals to knit together and bind together a body of believers that shows the world what it means to be a true follower of the true Jesus. Lord, I pray for those of our church, those members who are struggling. I pray for those who have isolated themselves, Lord, thinking that there's, it's more important to do these other things. And Lord, they've become weak in their faith and weak in their walk. I pray for them today, Lord. You know that they're a target for the enemy. You know, Lord, that they are a target. So we pray, God, that you use us to, to love them back into unity of this body, body. Lord, that you use us to encourage them back into the, the, the unity that is First Baptist Locust. Lord, that you mature us so that we can know how to encourage and love them. Lord, for that one that's in this room right now and you're, they're struggling today, Lord, they're just struggling how I pray that you send an encourager beside of them before they leave this place today that someone will express their love to them, Lord, letting them know that, that they can be strong because they are, they are cared for by others. Or for that one that's been waiting and waiting and waiting, not sure when the right time would be to begin their spiritual growth journey, Lord, how I prayed it today. Lord, you give them the green light. Today's the day. Today's the day. Lord, build your church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Lord, not only that the gates of hell can't tear it down, but that the gates of hell can't stop it from growing. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us. In our weakness and our faults and our failures, thank you for loving us. We pray in these next few moments that your church be made stronger. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing together.
thank you again so much for being here today. And uh, I know uh, it being a new year and everything that's going on, it's a busy time of the year. But thank you for carving that time out to be with us today. I want to encourage you to encourage someone before you leave here today. Uh, if it's someone you know, great. If it's someone you never met before and you just need to let them know that you, they are appreciated, uh, do that before you leave uh, our, our, our presence today. Be safe out there. God bless you. Uh, we will look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. I don't think there's, I don't think the youth are meeting tonight, right? They're not meeting tonight. And I don't think the children's team kid is meeting tonight either. So just keep that in mind. All that starts back um, youth on Wednesday night and then the children next Sunday. Uh, they'll start back up then. Thank you again for being here. Let's be dismissed in prayer. Our Father and our God, again, thank you for the opportunity to be in this house of worship. And, and Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this body of believers. And, Lord, it's such a, an amazing body of believers. Uh, Lord, you've placed within these, these church walls some of your, your most choice saints and some of your greatest servants. And, Lord, we thank you for that. And, Lord, I just pray that we will love each other and encourage each other that we'll be unified in that bond of love, that, Lord, we will, we will take the opportunity to make sure that each person is encouraged today. Give us that desire, that discipline to grow in our Christ-likeness. And, Lord, I just pray that in the year to come that, that this local church body will become stronger than it's ever been before as you build your church. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Dismiss us now with your great love. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.